It's time for another episode of Healthcare Technology. It's Tech Talk. Well, it's Friday. I'm Brad Koss, my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Jay, it's Friday again, brother. It is, man. And life is just, life is flying by when you're busy, right? It's just, it's just the next thing you know, you turn around and we're sitting up here with these mics and an awesome guest and we get to chat and hang out. We I love it. It is great. We got to spend a little time together in Florida. That was a lot of yes, fun. Got to see some that of our friends of we hadn't seen in a while. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was great to see you, but I feel connected to you every day. You know, it seems like we're texting back and forth constantly <laughs> and referring and, and uh, setting up for these great guests that we have. And today we have an excellent guest. Uh, and I got to hear him at National last year at FCA. Yep. And uh, Corey was just an outstanding, not only was he a great guy, but he was just an outstanding speaker. Uh, he yep. knows his subject matter, and he and I share some commonality in what we do. Uh, yeah, a little bit different end users, but uh, we are we we understand that, and 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 I hope today talk a lot about that. Why don't you introduce Corey uh, to us? Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So today we have Dr. Corey Frogley, the CEO of Blue IQ. And if you haven't heard of it yet, well, now you have, and you'll hear a lot more about it in the future. Uh, But he's also a chiropractor, and he comes from a huge chiropractic family. So Corey, welcome, my friend. Would love to hear, and would love for the audience to hear, because I've I've heard it, but I'd still love to hear it again, your background, like how, how you started in chiropractic, and then how Blue IQ came to be this phenomenal company that it is today. Oh, man. Thank you, gentlemen. I, uh, yeah, I've been blown away with the two of you. I've been developing a relationship here with Jay for several years, just excited to get him on the platform. And then when he introduced me to Brad, um, I got to say, I, I was a little um, shell-shocked by the, the data intelligence of this man. <laughs> and I tell everybody, I feel like I'm a baby just... Uh, 10 years, 20 years behind Brad trying to catch up to his coattails. So hey, listen, is- if you're a baby, I'm an infant. Okay. So I'm behind you. We're just, you know, we're trying to lead each other along the way, but Hey man, you're doing great stuff. We might be the three biggest data geeks in the profession. <laughs> At least in the profession. Absolutely. At least in the profession. Yes. I agree hundred percent. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's probably important for the audience to kind of know my background a little bit and understand that I am a chiropractor first chiropractor first and uh you know chiropractic like many of you i didn't choose it chose me like literally i was born into this uh this family and for those of you who might even recognize the frogly name it's probably not because of me it's it's really because of my dad who was the executive vice president to david palmer all through the 60s and wow. just such a cool story and i know we don't have time to go into it now but you know, the really, really short version of it was my mom was told she couldn't have any more kids after two. She wanted 12. (laughs) So it led them to leave the medical world in the 50s to start searching for answers. And it was a chiropractor who finally diagnosed my mom correctly with scoliosis, found her rotated atlas, set it, began treating her, changed her life. Mm. I was able to have seven more kids. (laughs) And so incredible. I became the 10th of those 10, seven boys, six of us became chiropractors. And now there's already several of the, the next generation that's, uh, that's in the profession. So, so pretty cool. Amazing story. Yeah. 
So I, I uh, you know, growing up in this profession, I always had this really interesting paradigm of the world because I saw it through, if I ever had any health problem, I just, it was go down to my dad's office. And we grew up eating organically out of, out of our um, big garden that we had. And we were taught correct principles and we lived these principles. You know, I, I never ever even knew what like a medical doctor did. I didn't know why people went to medical doctors. And so as I was in school, even elementary and junior high school, like people kind of started making fun of chiropractors a little bit. And this was in Davenport, Iowa, where everybody kind of knew what chiropractic was. But so here I grew up there and in this debacle of feeling almost shame that, that I believed in chiropractic. It was crazy. <laughs> and I remember at 15 years old, my dad sat me down because the number one question I always got growing up was, are you going to be a chiropractor as well? Because <laughs> the rest of the family was. So of course I had to be. Um, and at 15, my dad sat me down and said, Corey, you know, you don't have to be a chiropractor if you don't want to be. And I'm telling you, it was the first time in my life that I was like, what? <laughs> I have an option? <laughs> and I thought, you know, I probably should look into some other opportunities like other professions, just make sure that I've got all my bases covered. And, you know, Michael Jordan was my superhero, at, you know, in, in those growing up in the 80s, um, sure. just outside of Chicago. <laughs> and so the dream was to be an NBA basketball star, but at 6'3 and white, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so... I looked at pediatrics, I looked at sports medicine, I looked at all these things. And what I realized that they all had in common was that drugs and surgery were their answers. And I, I knew that's not what I wanted to provide. So I made the decision at 15 years old that I was gonna become a chiropractor. But I was so, I was pretty entrepreneur. I was introduced to entrepreneurship at 15 years old when my best friend's dad challenged us to buy a house remodel it and flip it at 15 years old. Wow. And we did. We quadrupled our, our, our money and it was incredible. But it opened my mind to a whole new world. And it's, this whole rich dad, poor dad concept, my dad was never poor. He, did very, he had an amazing practice. He worked for the college. But he always had this mindset. And I think I see it a lot in our profession of this scarcity mentality. You know, chiropractors have a scarcity of new patients or they have a scarcity of employees to hire. Or, you know, I, and I just, even at that young age, I knew I wanted to do something for our profession that would, would be a contribution to move us from treating this 9 to 15% of the population to something bigger. Like, what could I give back that could help us get that to a better place? And it, it wasn't just, we didn't need another technique. <laughs> Our profession has enough techniques. There had to be a better way, um, a better way to run a practice, a better way to use our data, a, a way to use our data to prove the efficiencies of chiropractic a better way to use our data to run more profitable practices. And what I really realized at a young age, again, with this entrepreneurship ideas, was that profits is the fuel to drive your dreams. And if you have small profits, you're going to have small dreams. You're not going to fuel them. And that is really where the origin of Blue IQ came from, is I wanted to help chiropractors fuel their dreams and help them believe that they could grow the biggest brands they could ever dream of. 
Yeah, it's amazing. I think that's the title. It's got to be like somewhere in the title of our podcast, <laughs> right? Like profit to fuel your dreams or like something, something like that. That was that was awesome, Corey. Yeah, Brad, you were going to say something. Yeah. Do, did you have have you had any other entrepreneurial kind of experiences before Blue IQ? I mean, you went from 15. Surely you had things in between before you went to Blue IQ. Yeah, kind of funny because I made the decision at 15 that I was going to graduate in October of 2000. I mapped out my whole roadmap and I did. I graduated in October of 2000 from chiropractic school with my back, my undergrad in business education. And as we came, as I came out of school, I joined my brother's practice for a couple of years and was really learning um, a lot of the great organizational stuff that we built into Blue IQ even back then. But I started a, my own company that was a, a marketing company for chiropractors. And I looked at our state and I looked at this, again, this concept of scarcity. And I'm like, well, why don't we just come together and actually produce high quality marketing? And so I started a marketing company, right? Just a couple of years out of school. And then of course started my own practice and, and was able to grow that to seven figures in six months. Wow. Because of these principles, right? I don't attribute to, I was like the greatest chiropractor on the planet. It was these understanding these fundamental principles. Now, the problem with getting to seven figures that fast is that it, there was this roller coaster effect <laughs> that was causing nausea. And it took me a few years to stabilize that. And, and right, I had to go out and get some mentors. I had to go get some more education. And fortunately, I, I got access to some amazing ones. And that led to then developing and organizing the principles of like how you use your data to drive culture with your team and find and anyway, I, I get into all that. But to answer your question, Brad, yes. Um, started a few companies and, and uh, got into consulting. I mean, that's that's really where a lot of the the, fun, the basis of Blue IQ came from. So did you take classes in college uh, that helped you understand like statistics or something? What's sparked your interest in yeah. analytics itself and then healthcare analytics? Yeah, it was a couple things. It was, um, you know, the funny thing, my first introduction to finance was, of course, high school accounting, and I hated it. I, I absolutely hated it. Um, but then I got into college, and I did. I took a statistics class. And when I really started understanding how data can be used to analyze and grow companies and to see the problems my brother had just started doing some work with, uh, you know, management by statistics and some, uh, even L. L. Ron Hubbard's work and some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and he started introducing me to that. And I, I ate it up. Now, I'm not a Scientologist. I never got into Scientology. But the principles of that, I just rapidly adopted and started, started using that. And working with some of these uh, other docs that, man, I... I've known for 20 years that we're also in some of the courses that we went through together that have now grown 17, 20, 50 location brands because of those same principles. And, and so that, that's really, I, I was lucky to get exposed to that in undergrad and then right as I came out of chiropractic school. It's great. I mean, I, I love that. And obviously data has, a major impact on everything that we do in the world today more than ever, but especially as it relates to healthcare, doctor's ability to um, aggregate, uh, digest, 
and and take actions because of data is i think critical to to our success certainly now and definitely in the future so it's it's super cool it's funny i had the same question for you like during like your undergrad you know being in being a business major you know how much of an impact did that play in your business success and it sounds like it, it played a lot of, uh, played a played a pretty big role yeah it was interesting because right when i came out of school my my big brother that's just older than me um he he decided he was going to go into business with a couple of the guys to develop this aquatic rehab center. And I came into that just as they were getting ready to launch it. And as I watched him go from this really profitable chiropractic practice that had brought in physical therapy that was now expanding into aquatic therapy, nobody really sat down and did the analysis of what what's going to increase our revenues our overhead is going up dr dramatically but our billables we realized later now this is again just i i came in the picture you know after this was already moving forward you can bill the same amount for a 15 dollars resistant band therapeutic exercise as you can for a half a million dollar aquatic rehab pool where the floor is a treadmill and raises up and down and and you know and then what happened is we, I say we, it wasn't me, but we hired the wrong type of physical therapist. And so they were attracting certain cases where most of their insurance benefits were exhausted. Um, the marketing was really difficult. They just, the overhead was so high that it sucked the profits. All of a sudden there was no profits in the business because of the new overhead. Hmm. And nobody in the partnership knew at that time how to sit down and figure out the mechanisms, the financial levers, the profit levers. And I've now developed what we call the master profit formula for us. And that's profit formula. If you follow its principles and you understand its levers, man, you, you know what you should add to a practice before you would even, you know, attempt to add it because you can run the analysis on the profits. And it's just such a beautiful thing to help you, again, feel your dreams. Now, again, guys, my, my whole mission here isn't to make chiropractors just rich. <laughs> it's to help make a practice rich because if the practice is rich, it can reach more people. And that's what I mean by the profits fueling your dreams. Like we can afford to hire A players. We can afford to market and reach more people. We can afford to expand, open more locations. I mean, it's, that's what gets exciting to me. So this master profit formula, this sounds super, <laughs> super cool, dude. You, we've never really talked about this because we're always talking about data, but um, that, that sounds really cool. I think I might be hearing about this later in the month. Is, is that true? You might hear a little bit. Okay, that's cool. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Yeah, yeah, it's for me, it's unusual to hear. If somebody asked me, are doctors typically good business guys? I'd have to say no. You two are outstanding examples of that, but typically doctors don't. I mean, I've taught, tried to teach some classes at uh, some of the conferences on business of how to understand profits and things, you know, but I find that most doctors uh, determine their profitability by their bank balance at the end of the month, you know, and that's, that's a crazy way to do it. And they don't, they don't know the ins and the outs, the basic 
uh, I call it two cigar box mentality, you know, and it came from my childhood at the little local neighborhood grocery store. A guy had two cigar boxes on the counter, you know, one was for vendors that were supplying supplies to put their bills in. And the other was how you paid for your groceries. One box had to be greater than the other box. It's that simple. <laughs> and I, I use that, I use that same analogy over and over that. because that is, it's that so, is so important. Powerful. Yeah. Can, can I speak to that for one second, guys? Because if, if you captured this and whoever, for those of you who are listening to this, you got to share this with your friends because you, this is my warning to you that the reason why our chiropractic profession is still small is because it's majority run by doctors. Now, look what the medical profession, what happened to them about 25 years ago. It's now happening in dental. It's starting to happen in chiropractic. And what it is, is it's called corporate healthcare. So medical went from all these family practices to where the businessmen came in, they saw the profit opportunities, and they corporized medical healthcare. Same thing is happening in dental. 18 to 22% of dental clinics now are not owned by dentists. They're owned by business people. Now, I get literally phone calls and emails weekly from these MBA guys that are trying to contact me to find good chiropractic practices to now purchase you guys. And what's happening now, and I won't name the corporate names, but they're popping up in your neighborhoods with $18 adjustments, $25 yeah. adjustments, guys. And they're going to put you out of business if you don't master the business side of your practice so that you do have a full cigar box. And, That's right. And right? That's absolutely sure. right. Guys, we're running just a little bit long. I want to get back to that corporate takeover thing because I see that happening in a lot of industries, not just healthcare. And, and yeah. I, I want to touch just a couple of points when we get back on that. Awesome. This episode is sponsored by Infinity. In the modern age of electronic data interchange, Infinity is committed to helping clinicians get paid fast so that they can spend less time tracking claims and more times with their patients. As a pro advocate for the healthcare industry, we create tools that make sense for electronic claims processing and business analytics. You couple that with superior support team, we strive to ensure your business is performing at its best. Infinity, committed to the future of claim processing. Listen to the future of healthcare with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. And we're back. I'm Brad Cost. It's Tech Talk. My co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, buddy. We're talking with Corey Frogley. Uh, Corey is not only an outstanding business guy, but he's an outstanding speaker. He uh, speaks around the United States, and he's a great chiropractor, and he loves his profession been vested in it for many generations. And, and, uh, I, you were talking about the corporations taking over. I know you're involved in dental a little bit, but I see it happening in, in other professions, the funeral industry. I see it happening in, in some of the healthcare industries, uh, physical therapy, it's happening. Why do you think, uh, why do you think this is happening in healthcare, especially in chiropractic world? 
where it seems like every every doctor's their own little empire and entity. Why is that being taken over by the corporations, Corey? I think number one is because chiropractic is awesome. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because these financial institutions um, a couple decades ago really saw the opportunity in healthcare because healthcare is almost bulletproof to recession. These private equity groups, they, we call them PE groups, you know, they might be funded by a state's pension fund or a school system's pension fund doesn't typically go into a local bank account to earn interest, right? They go into these private equity groups who can take their money and grow them, you know, massively. So these um, groups are going in finding healthcare sectors and investing in scalable brands. And I, I literally have these conversations every day where I have a conversation with an attorney or an MBA guy that decided that they were going to start a healthcare brand. Not because they're so passionate about healthcare, but because again, the market's relatively bulletproof. You know, back in 2008, I, I was practicing full time when the uh, when the economy crashed, the housing market crashed. I'm in Salt Lake City, and it was ridiculous. All my all my financial management friends, my real estate friends, were buying uh, boats and buying RVs and all of these things. And uh, I'll tell you, a week later after that crash, they were trying to sell them to me because my income didn't change. We were able to weather the storm. In fact, it went up during the recession because again, healthcare. So that's, that's a big reason why it's happening. And I see these, these MBA guys reaching out um, to not, not just uh, these different healthcare sacks, but they're, they're going through me now trying to find these really good docs to invest in who might already have three locations. Because what happens, and again, I'm not trying to push anybody to open up multiple locations, but there's a big difference between the value of a single location and the value of a 15 location, meaning you're not getting a one to 15 ratio. You're getting a one to 45 times ratio, three X on your valuation because you now have duplicatable systems. And, you know, you, you guys are very aware of that, but those that are listening may, may not quite understand that one. So there's a lot of money being pumped into this market and the hard thing is, is that they're stripping away a lot of the, um, you know, the personal touch, the, the, the value that I grew up with with chiropractic, where when I walked into my dad's practice, man, it was just this feeling of home. You're walking into home instead of this corporate setting. And part of the reason why Blue IQ is such a powerful tool is it gives the tools to the little guy to run their, their practice like a business and create the efficiencies. And we start looking at some buying power and some group buying power that, you know, opportunities that then the tool can also be used by, and they are, we, we now have uh, practices with over 50 locations using Blue IQ, all 50 locations on my platform, um, being able to see all of their data across all their locations. Well, recognize those same principles of how they're running such efficiencies I've now automated for the little guy, the one location. And that's why our, our practices are growing 20 to 200% in the first six months by using these tools. Do you think there's an exit 
partly because the docks are tired of fighting some of the battles and they don't have any other ideas or any other ways to fight it in some. I mean, I, you know, fighting the reimbursement battle is, is a task Jay and I do daily. And I think there's a lot of docs that I see and watching these talk boards and things that I'm on. And we, you know, we're in all 50 states, so we see a pretty large view. But I see so many of them say, man, I am just tired of fighting the insurance companies. I want to get a cash. And um, yeah, I think that's part of how these corporate companies are coming in and do it. And they see it as a great valuation, as you say, but docs are tired and they want to give that up and they want to let somebody else do the billing and not have to do it, just see the patients. Do you think that's a, a piece of this? You bring up an incredible point because I, I once heard that saying that doctors don't get burnt out, they just get broke. <laughs> and broke has two meanings, broke in by the insurance model and broke because what other profession do you go into expecting your reimbursements to go down every year where every other profession goes up every year. My attorney is now billing me a lot more today than he was five years ago. <laughs> but yet how many chiropractors are still are getting reimbursed less than they were, you know, five years ago. So th this is one of my absolute um, triggers that anger me, <laughs> that fuel me to help these docs build profitable practices. And so what that really comes down to is learning um, these three components of leadership. You know, I was sitting in a Tony Robbins um, event several years ago, and he was going through you know, those three different types of leaders and realizing that if you're going to be a business owner, you're a leader. If you're going to hire employees, you're a leader. If you're going to bring on an associates, you're a leader. But not all leaders are the same or have to be the same but in order to grow a successful business, you need, you need somebody to plug in and fill in your gaps. And so learning how to hire and bring on the right people is also part of the whole Blue IQ evolution. And um, I, don't, I don't know if I answered your, your question, Dad, no, but you did. <laughs> I, well, I'll tell you what, I, I can totally, I can totally relate to the, to the issue of filling in the gaps because, you know, in, in, in the study of leadership, like one thing that we know from the data is that great leaders have great self-awareness. It's like a fundamental component of being a strong leader, knowing where you're strong and knowing where you're not, and then hiring people who, as you said, Corey, can fill those gaps. And, you know, self-awareness is a trait that, you know, I think for me at least is something that I'm always trying to work on. And there's very simple ways to drive improved self-awareness. Some of it is self-reflection, but even things like 360s where your staff or your team or your colleagues, your coworkers can give you feedback can be super beneficial. I did want to get back to Brad's comment about the battles though. Um, you know, I, I agree with you, Brad. I mean, I think a lot of the reason why doctors will sell and or sell out is because um, they're so tired of dealing with these issues. And at the same time, they give up a tremendous amount of autonomy when they sell to the wrong type of business. I agree. I, and by the way, there, a plug for our sponsor. I listened to a guy at Kazinovate talk about <laughs> leadership, and, and I've learned a lot from him. But He's not a who is that guy? Crazy guy. We call him the poodle doc. <laughs> but I, you know, my concern is as that happens and you get more and more of the industry moving from 
a reimbursement or traditional kind of model to a cash basis model, can it support it if you start moving 50, 60, 70% of the industry to cash? My concern is you may not be able to support that. I, I don't have any evidence to prove that. It's just a, a sincere feeling. And, and in the same time, you're really changing the business environment to be a non-personal. It's a sterile kind of environment that I think chiropractic will always be looked to to produce. And if you get away from that, you may be destroying the entire industry in that. Yay, nay. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Gus? Well, I'll tell you what, as it relates to the cash practice thing, I, I, I really feel like if 60 to 70% of chiropractors went away from insurance and left insurance networks, they would be scrambling like little rats because they're already rats, but they'd be scrambling like rats trying to bring doctors back into the network and have to pay them more because right now, uh, you know, supply is greater than demand. Um, so, so I think that could be a driving force. I've seen lots of cash practices be very, very successful. Um, so that, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I, I do think, however, trying to get to an increase in consumer demand is the way that is the way that we can drive uh, an increase in reimbursement as well through the standard insurance system. And that's something that we're working on with the future of chiropractic task force. So I, I think, I think there's kind of multiple levers that could be pulled that could drive an increased rate of reimbursement with insurance companies, but they have to be pulled. They, we can't just keep doing the same thing and expect a different result because we know what, what that definition is. You know, you and I've talked a lot about showing and proving analytically the value of chiropractic, which I think is been lost. I mean, uh, I'm hoping and there's no way to do that with cash practices, by the way, Brad, like it, it, that can only happen when you've got like the analytics and the data behind all the things that we build through insurance and, and the clearing houses. And although, although with blue IQ, potentially a cash practice could do that. Right, Corey. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I, I wrestle with. I, I talk to a lot of these practitioners and, and when, cause again, we see their data, we review their data with them. And a lot of them are now where they used to be 60% insurance, 40% cash. It's flipped and now they're 60% cash, 40% insurance. It's, I would say in the last 12 months, it's even gone down to like 30, 35% insurance. And so I asked them, why do you hang on to the insurance piece? Every single one of them, their answer is it's just a marketing thing, just to get patients in the door. They can just find me on their provider list. That's really sad when our entire profession, the whole reason why they choose to stay on, on the provider networks is for a marketing purpose. There's, there's something broken. And when I decided to get into this data game full bore and walk away from a very successful practice to now climb a hill that I knew was going to be a mountain, um, <laughs> it was fueled by one of these passions, which is that it's to to become a data warehouse to help our profession harness the data like Brad is doing that, that has the ability to be used to go to these insurance companies or used to, you know, by the task force to help prove and demand the, the fairness and reimbursement across the board. Well, I agree. And you look at who are the leaders in healthcare today, we got to say the government is probably leading in healthcare when, you know, what, what did, uh, what did Katie say the other day? 60% of healthcare is, is funded by the government. I mean, yeah. So 
uh, you got to look at how they're leading. And there is not a government entity today that is not writing checks and doing things to head to an analytical perspective of how to do this correctly. And my concern has been for many years is the chiropractic industry has been left out of some of that analytics. And as they move to cash, they keep getting moved further and further out of that. I'm worried about how they are going to be perceived as a legitimate healthcare environment. I believe today the the environment is the best it's ever been for chiropractic to step up and to be considered a primary care specialist. And uh, the tools I'm building are building it so I can give chiros views of patient records and lab results and medications and uh, charts that they've never had access to before on a patient. That's where technology is leading us. And if we can do that and tie all this analytics together to show it is by far better to go to the chiropractic, in some cases better than going to your primary care in the beginning, you're going to elevate your profession in a way that I don't believe has been elevated in its entire history, Corey. That, that's, that's a personal opinion that's, that's really objective from where I sit in the world. But what do, what do you, am I just completely off my rock? No, I mean, again, when I, growing up in the 80s, when we got the ability to get decently reimbursed from insurance in the 70s, right? The 80s was the golden age, man. And if you weren't driving a Mercedes as a chiropractor, it's, you were an idiot because you didn't have to send in any notes. You just sent in your bill and you got paid. It was insane. But as I came into the profession, there was unbelievable things that happened in the 90s and then started happening into the 2000s, which was now a tremendous amount of auditing. And, and these insurance companies were hiring our own profession to then review our documentation to shut us down from getting paid. And the game, like insurance always does, is finding those ways to not, not have to pay you to become a more profitable business. And then you look what's happened with this pandemic. Where has all of our healthcare dollars now been funneled? It's been funneled to vaccines and more medications. And the government's complete um, paradigm is that we need more, more medications, cheaper drugs. That's their paradigm. They're not looking for the alternatives. And we all know from our healthcare that just by improving a few resources, the nutrition, a few changes in lifestyle, and get under chiropractic care, <laughs> your family's health, we would reduce the spending of, of the healthcare, you know, across the United States ridiculously. But I, I don't know yet what kind of data is going to take to break that wide open because you don't have a, pharma, a pharmaceutical company funding you. You don't have a vaccine company funding you. You know, I don't, you know, this is all being built on private dollars. So it's going to take us bonding together and working with the chiropractors to unite. And, um, and I'll tell you, trying to get these EHR companies to work together don't go there today. I'm, yeah, I've been fighting I, one today. I just can't. I, I mean, I would. I think. Uh, I think. I think. And I. I. I feel your frustration, guys. I, I really do. I think there's because there has been no overarching strategy. 
it, they, they can't really understand the kind of the cherry picking opportunities or how they might be able to work together. Or, you know, what does it look like from a competitive or differentiation standpoint? But I will tell you that I think with a strategy that helps them understand how collaboration can benefit all parties, each EHR, um, each clearinghouse, each data company, um, I do believe that that could change. Um, I can't say for sure, but I think it could. I think it could change. Um, you know, the, the, way, the, the way that you're describing kind of that future, Corey, like lifestyle, chiropractic care, with, with big data, ultimately longitudinal big data and analytics, I think we can prove it out. And then we just got to go follow the money. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, guess what? The insurance companies are making a lot of the decisions, but it's being driven by the self-insured. The self-insured plans are 75% of the plans that are out there these days. And now we got to go to the employers. Like, fuck the insurance companies. Let's go to the employers. Let's talk to them how we can help lower their costs. And, and when, not if, when we have that longitudinal data about lifestyle and chiropractic, I think, I think we can move some needles. I really do. Yeah, yeah I'm in total agreement. We can't forget about the government because they're the big driver, Jay. And I think chiropractors have lost in the government because they have not had a very big... How many chiros do you know that follow Medicare? Do you think the government follows private industry or do you think private industry follows the government? Well, I, t I think that vacillates back and forth. Right now, I think the government is going to be driving some things. But I see the analytics really showing up as being part of that driver for the government. So Agreed. my point is, if we can change the needle and move the needle in chiropractic from an analytical perspective, which I think the data, even the data I have today, shows that you got this crazy kind of spending that occurs with patients when you look at their entire uh, health cycle, crazy spending that if you would have changed some of that to conservative in the beginning, as Corey said, and you change those two or three aspects of their life, how much health cost could you have saved? <laughs> billions, just, trillions. To, yeah, to me, it, it, it's crazy. Guys, we're going to take a break and come back in segment three. Thank you, Corey, for joining us today. I look forward to talking in the next segment. Great, but don't go anywhere. <laughs> The Canvas app, the app that can take your practice to the next level by providing a customized, direct connection between your practice and patients. Through the new built-in rewards program, Canvas can grow new and existing patient numbers and increase your patient's adherence to care plan. What does your custom dream app look like? Elevate your practice with Kaizenovate. Come on! And the data doc of talk is Tech Talk. And we're back again. My co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. I'm Brad Costner. Hey, we're here with Corey Frogley. Uh, again, it's it's been an exciting. We don't have any bad guests, do we, Jay? I mean, they no, all we, have, we really haven't. We've been super lucky. <laughs> we have been super lucky. We got to get out there and. And fill out the rest of the year, but I think the two a, hosts I'm not so sure about, but the guests have been amazing. <laughs> well, we just, you know, we just, we just have to pass notes to each other and and listen. But we've had yeah. some, we've had some amazing guests that are really at the top of their fields and doing what they're doing, and and Dr. Corey is a great example of that. Yeah, um, I think it's incredible what he's what you've built, Corey, because you literally there was no other company or product like yours 
And while you and Brad are both in data, you guys do different things. And Brad, you can talk about that in just a bit. But like you literally created this idea. This was truly a blue ocean, you know, for you um, and for the profession. So congratulations on just creating a phenomenal company. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you. I want to, I want to just, you know, at the break, you know, the three of us were talking and I was like, man, if we were like, this is like a perfect bar conversation. We'd be like having a couple beers and going down these rabbit holes about how we move the needle with big data. But, you know, this is our third segment for the, for the show tonight. And I just want to ask you if there's, you know, one thing that you think the profession needs to be focused on as it relates to data and moving the needle, whether it's the private sector or the public sector, you know, what would that be? What, what, what is going to move the needle the most and how can they contribute to that? Yeah, great question. And man, we could do an entire series on just that question. Um, you know, what Brad is building blew my mind, you guys. I dreamed, like it, laying in bed, this will just tell you what a data geek I am, literally laying in bed wishing that when a patient came in, I knew what providers they had been seeing, what medications they had been on, what they've already tried, I want to know not only medications, but supplements. I want to know the quality of those supplements. I want to know what lab tests they've had, I, right? It, it would just make my job as a doctor so much easier. And I didn't know that it was being built. And the very fact that Brad has, is, this is what he's dedicated his life to. I, I just want to take a second and tell the world how amazing what Brad is doing. It, it it's is incredible. a changer. And then to have somebody like you, Jay, in the profession who not only understands the data, but the other piece of the data, which, which is the piece that Blue IQ really um, is strong at, and that's the business intelligence. So Blue IQ is moving into some of this patient data, but it's really business intelligence. It's chiropractic intelligence of running an intelligent practice. And when you begin to understand how, we, we call it the patient experience visualization, We've built dashboards where you can visualize the patient experience all the way from marketing to the exam, to the case acceptance, to the front desk, to the production, your financial stuff, and very quickly know where you're strong and where you're weak and what you need to focus on. So this concept of data and how it's changing the world and what we could do as a profession to elevate the profession, I, I knew bringing this to chiropractic was, was going to be tough because it's you know, we're very patient-centric. We care about the patients. We, we dedicate our lives to the patients. We just want to be with patients. I mean, that's how we are as chiropractors. We, we don't like doing the notes. We don't, <laughs> we don't love the billing. We don't necessarily love sitting down and figure out Facebook marketing. Um, but luckily, there's enough of us out there that, that this movement's happening. And we call it the Blue IQ Nation, where, you know, I, I, Jay's now adopted into that, whether you want to be or not, buddy, because... Oh, I'm um, psyched, man. <laughs> we, we just begun, we just begun implementation. So I'm, <laughs> I'm stoked. I had a call with your team earlier, like uh, two days ago. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Two days ago. But it is that. It's digitalizing your patient experience so that you can focus on patients. Like Blue IQ has got your back. You know, running a practice is hard. We're going to make it easy for you by automating... We've now studied over almost 2,000 practices and looked at the most profitable ones, not just the biggest producers, but the most profitable ones. What habits, what daily, what systems did they put into place? What behaviors do they have in place? What did they make their front desk team members do? <laughs> and what rhythms do they have in place that keep driving profits? Mm -hmm. But 
again, that wasn't the most important thing. To me, the, that had to go along with patient outcome. If sure. we didn't have phenomenal patient outcome, it didn't matter to me if you're pro- huge profits or not, right? So when that's why Brad's technology and data and, and richness as we start to look at bringing this together for the future of chiropractic, I'm telling you guys, the future of chiropractic is bright on what we're going to be able to bring to the table. Love it. Love it. So, so talk to me about what you're most excited about in the next 90 days. <laughs> well, I, I won't lie. I'm pretty excited about uh, taking my family to Hawaii in June. But Nice. Uh, <laughs> what island are you going to? Or islands? Uh, Kauai. Oh, beautiful there. Love yeah. it. But I'm really excited about our, uh, we've got an IQ accelerator summit, right? So blue IQ, blue is the data. That's, that's the top performance level of our data because we're very goal-based. We want to push you and, and help your practice grow. IQ is what can we do with that data to trigger growth? And there's so many cool things that we're doing with your data to trigger growth. And so our IQ and you know, accelerator, we want to fast track it for you rather than spending the hundreds of thousand dollars of consulting fees that I spent trying to learn a lot of these systems or going back to school. Like we just built it into the system. So that's the accelerator. That's that concept that you can kind of see on my background right there. Love it. So this IQ Accelerator Summit, um, this one is what we're calling your office manager certification course. It's a two-day course, right? This isn't like come to Cal Jam and get pumped up on how great chiropractic is, right? We know how great chiropractic is. Yep. Now, you're, you are the, the, uh, the practice owner. And again, we're going to help you identify what type of leader you are. And by training then an office manager that your leader organizer is going to be able to harness your data and put in all the business systems of your practice. And we're going to certify them so that they literally walk away with like a mini MBA. They, they're going to come back to your practice and run your practice for you. So I've got a really special guest flying out here to do it with us here in Salt Lake City, Dr. Jay Greenstein. <laughs> He's going to come out and speak on our stage. I'm so excited to have you out here, buddy. Me too, bro. And uh, the, the leadership principles you're going to teach, because again, part of the certification is developing your, your office manager as a leader because we've got to buy back your time as the doctor. When we begin to buy back your time, you can either choose to focus on patient care if that's your passion, or we can help you ascend the provider evolution, which is maybe you're the expert provider. You only accept the complex cases and you have an associate doctor that's taking care of the general patient population. Or maybe you are just a a business data geek like us and you want to move into the more of the business leadership role and you want to expand your brand. So we teach you how to do that. And the key to all of that evolution is the, uh, is the uh, office manager certification so that they can begin buying back your time. So April 30th, May 1st, right here in Salt Lake city. If you don't have tickets yet, guys, come on, uh, come on out. You gotta make it. We're down to like five tickets left for our in-person and then, of course, you can attend virtually. So in person or virtually, uh, it's going to be exciting. So, Corey, how, do, how, does, how does everybody find out about both Blue IQ and the Accelerator Summit? You know, both of those links are on our Facebook page. So just uh, Blue IQ on Facebook. You can find us there. Cool. If you want just a, a quick demo, go to getblueiq.com. And then if you want tickets to our summit or check out our summit, go to yourpracticeevolution.com forward slash summit. 
Love it. Check it out, people. Yeah, you know, I want you to take just a second and explain the uh, the background to your logo for Blue IQ. I heard oh. you talk about that at the convention. I FCA. thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, his logo is uh, is an octopus. And yeah. uh, explain that, Corey. It's kind of funny growing up with the name Frogly, right? <laughs> no. Like, you can't imagine how much I don't got know what you're talking about. That name, right? <laughs> but even as a early practicing chiropractor, every patient would bring in uh, a frog that they found on vacation or they walked into a craft store. And I had more frog gifts than you could even imagine. <laughs> I finally had to put them away because I was just putting them around the office. And then people thought I was collecting them. So <laughs> they just kept bringing them, bringing them. So anyway, I knew I didn't want to do a frog. I was like, all right, we got to do something different. But I like the animal concept. It's, you can connect to that. Well, as we, we began looking for a logo, we came across what's called the giant Pacific octopus. And this concept of tentacles going out and gathering your data and bringing it into one place was kind of this concept I was looking for. Well, the giant Pacific octopus has, of course, the eight tentacles to go out and gather data, but it also has nine brains. And I was like, wait a second, talk about intelligence, talk about IQ. And then I found out that it has three hearts. And I'm like, wait a second. I mean, it sounds like Brad. Brad's got like <laughs> 10 brains and five hearts. <laughs> this, this is starting to fit the mold of our ideal, you know, Blue IQ Nation member. Because we love, right? We love our teams. We love our patients. We love our profession. And then the, the, the absolute kicker was we found out that the Great Pacific Octopus bleeds blue. Uh -huh, oh man! Yeah. I was like, "Come on, this, this <laughs> that was a shoe in, then wasn't it?" <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Corey, let's. Uh, we're getting towards the end here. I want to ask you just a little bit of personal. What are you married? I am. I've got an amazing wife. Uh, four kids. Four kids. I've got three boys and then a, a baby girl that came at the end. She's almost six, and wow. uh, just the energizer bunny of our of our lives right now. You know, everybody that's on our show that that is an entrepreneur talks about their kids and how it guides their life. Is that true for you? Oh, come on. I always say my, my first and foremost is to God. Then it's to my wife and then it's to my children. Blue IQ comes after that because if you don't have your, your home life right, you can't be the entrepreneur or impactful leader that you want to be. Yeah, that's what I tell my employees. You know, guys, I'm... I'm, I'm here and I'm number three or four or five in the list here. You know, I, you do not come. I am not the number one factor in your life working for, uh, I'm here to help you pay the bills and make your family life better. That's really what we're doing and recognize that I'm trying to help you and maybe you'll help me out and we'll make it better for all of us. That's sort of our goal at the office. And, and I've got a great group of people that understand that today. So that's great. I cannot let the evening get away because I noticed something on your website that says that Dr. Corey has a serious shoe obsession. So oh, you gotta, I didn't know that. Yeah, you wow. got to explain that to us. That's, Air Jordans, Air Jordans, is that what we got going on? <laughs> That's funny because my wife just caught me looking at some Italian boots last night that were $795. And I, I didn't pull the trigger on them yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love the yet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. I, I don't know what it is. I, I do. I like shoes. I like everything from my, my tennis shoes to my dress shoes. But uh, 
I don't know why. I mean, it, it just, I do enjoy shoes. So in your closet, do you, I, I picture you having these rows and rows and shells of shoes, Corey. Um, have you watched uh, Blackish? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know his Dre? Closet. Yeah, Dre's closet. Yeah. Yeah, his shoes. I, I don't quite have that nice of a closet, but, <laughs> but my wife's done a good job of, um, we built, she can't have a, well, anyway, yes, I do have some rows of shoes. <laughs> I won't admit how many. That, that, <laughs> bro. That's a we great all have, we all We all got something, right? Something. We all got something. <clears throat> yeah, something. Uh, Jay, we're yes, at sir. the end of it again, my friend. Damn. And, Went too and fast, and bro. Great guest. Corey, where are you going to be? You've got your accelerator, but are you going to be some other places that some of our, our, our listeners could maybe come and see you in person, listen to you in person? Do you know of some things coming up in the next six months or so? Yeah, so I'm down at the UAC down in Austin, Texas here next month in May. And then uh, I, will I, will see, be, I will see you there, my friend. I love it. I will be at, uh, of course, our summit here in, in April, end of April. And then, of course, the FCA coming up in August. And then we're going to have another summit. Our second summit is in um, October. Oh, that's so, right. Corey's going to be on our uh, our panel, isn't he, Jay? Yeah, he's going to be on the main stage and um, also teaching a separate course. He's going to crush it. That is great. You know, we're going to do an interesting thing for Tech Talk at the next FCA conference, which will be really unusual. Jay and I do panels together. We're talking about technology, but FCA has approached us to take Tech Talk and be the framework for moderating one of their classes. And so right. we can bring in these great guests virtually, interview them, have fun, and teach them some amazing things at the same time and, and make them Do we them get laugh. to drink, though? Are we, can we drink on stage like we drink like on the podcast? <laughs> Are we allowed to do that? I don't know. We should ask Jen. We should ask them on that. But I think it'll I be a very, CEUs. I think it'll be a very cool way, just like our listeners, to listen and understand and, and sit back, laugh, and let us bring some of these amazing minds that we have and let them learn about technology and healthcare. That's our Yeah, hopes. I mean, I think the ability to actually connect with somebody where the audience can hear someone that they would never normally hear because they would not necessarily come to FCA, they're not in the chiropractic profession, but they're willing to give us an hour of their time can really expand the base of knowledge that we're sharing with our audience. So super excited about that. That was, I'm gonna, I got to tell the audience that was a Brad cost brainstorm okay. one of his nine brains or 10 brains came right. up with that. So it was, it was a great idea. Well, you know, we, I've only heard really amazingly positive things about TikTok, Jay, and, and some of the guests that we've had would be tough to get them to some of these conferences. And I, yeah. Oh yeah. I thought it was just, an amazing way to try to connect some great guests, let them learn things that they would normally wouldn't see them in person and to be around you and I in a, in a more casual, fun kind of way. Yeah, man. Can't wait. All right, brother. Corey, you rocked it, bro. You Thank did, you brother. so much. You guys are rock stars. Thank you so much for letting me rub shoulders. Just a little bit of your fairy dust fall onto my shoulders. I'll, I'm sure there'll be something fall on your shoulder. I'm not quite sure about fairy dust. <laughs> Today, I've been blessed to be with my friends, Corey and Dr. Jay Greenstein. From myself and Dr. Jay, I'm Brad Cost. Have a good day. Peace out, y'all. Come on. And the Data Doc of Talk is Tech Talk.